Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. online and log on with us from wherever that might be. And, and uh, I have to say that the last couple of weeks, uh, I, like you, have been uh, logging on from my, uh, my living room. And uh, I do have to say the experience is not the same. You know, the experience is definitely uh, not the same. But that being said, what I'd like to do is just say the experience that we have had here the last couple of weeks have been so special have been so uh, encouraging and full of hope. Um, I want to say thank you to the individuals who continue to make that happen. We have a, several individuals in the background that make sure our technical stuff is working, and, and, uh, and they're doing that. Uh, we have an incredible worship team that leads us uh, on Sunday mornings, and, and uh, they have been leading us and allowing us to experience that encouragement and that hope. And that is obviously our desire today uh, as we continue. So my name is John Dock. I serve as small groups pastor at Northbridge Church here, and I am honored today uh, to be sharing with you uh, this story. And so as I mentioned earlier this morning, and welcome, we, we are, today is considered Palm Sunday. Uh, it is the first day of what we consider Passion Week, which is uh, the week that leads up to Easter, Jesus' last week here on earth. And, and at the end of this week, we will, we will experience, we will talk about the death of, of Christ and the, and, the, and the crucifixion, and we will have an opportunity to celebrate that resurrection that day. But before we move on with our talk this morning, I want to pause for just a moment, and I want to tell you, and I want to invite you to an event that I think is going to be a really neat opportunity. It's going to be an incredible uh, virtual experience this next week. As most of you know, Pastor Tony has been trying to connect with us uh, weekly on Thursday evenings at 7 o'clock uh, just for a time of devotion and prayer. Uh, it has been his heart that, uh, that we stay connected as much as we can and that he, he encourage us as much as we can be encouraged. And so we've been having a midweek experience and, and uh, just thank him uh, for doing that. This week, though, instead of Thursday, we're going to connect Friday. We're going to connect Friday evening at 8 o'clock. Anyone know what Friday is? That's right, it's Good Friday, and normally we would have a Good Friday service here at the church, but obviously we're not going to be doing that. So we're going to create a virtual experience for you for that Friday evening, next Friday evening at 8 o'clock. And we're going to take time to focus on, on the crucifixion and on what that means to us. But in the same time, we're also going to have an opportunity to take the Lord's Supper together. And so I think that's going to be a really, really powerful, powerful time uh, as we do that. So a couple of things that we need to do to make sure we're ready for that. The first is this. Grab your phones, all right? I know you're sitting in your living room. I know you're sitting wherever you are in your house. You can grab your phone. I don't even see it, okay? So grab your phone, and I want you to go to your calendar, and I want you to, to click on your calendar. And then I want you to go to April 10th, on your calendar, all right? Click that, and it's probably going to say Good Friday, all right? And under that, I want you to click that, and I want you to type in Good Friday service, 8 o'clock, all right? You can do that with your thumbs real easy, just like that, okay? Then I know, I know there's a few of you, I won't name names, that show up a little bit late to service, okay? I understand that. I'm not going to name names. 
you can set an alert, okay? So on that, you want to set an alert for maybe, if you show up a little bit late, maybe you give yourself an hour, okay? Other than that, give yourself like 30 minutes, okay? Give yourself an alert 30 minutes before, uh, and, and I know you'll be prepared and ready to come Friday evening at 8 o'clock. The second thing you need to do is this. You need to make sure that you have elements uh, for the Lord's Supper. And so that means that you need to have juice and crackers or juice and bread. Um, if you don't have those in your home right now, the good thing is this. I don't think there's a run on juice and crackers like toilet paper at the grocery store. So what you can do is, is you don't have to get out. You, can, you, know, you do have to get out, but you can have a pickup, all right? So you can call and you can have them pick up. You can go to your Walmart or your normal, normal local grocery store, and they can do a pickup for you. Uh, and you can grab that and make sure you have those elements so that we can take the Lord's Supper together uh, that Friday evening. Also, if you have kiddos that maybe are, are, are just haven't ever accepted Christ, maybe they're, they're just too young or they've never come to that point in their life, uh, Pastor Tony's asking that maybe you have a, a snack for them, something a little bit different uh, than just the normal elements. And, and we're going to go through and have a time of blessing uh, for those kiddos as well during that time. So listen, I think this is going to be a powerful, powerful time whether you are single, married, married with kids, whether you're empty nesters, it does not matter, okay? What matters is that you join us. Join us next Friday, 8 o'clock, for a powerful time of remembering Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and what that has meant to each of us. So I trust, I trust that we will see you there next Friday evening. So if you would turn with me now to Matthew chapter 21, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be reading... Uh, an account of where Jesus enters into Jerusalem during the Passover festival, this Palm Sunday. And we're going to read chapter 21 of Matthew 1 through 11. And then we're also going to pick up in Luke's account of this in Luke 19. Now, the Passover festival was a celebration of freedom for the Jewish people as it represented the day that the Lord freed them from Egypt. It was a special time in Jerusalem. It was a very special time. So there's probably hundreds and, and, and thousands of people that were probably there. Now, this story is probably going to be a familiar story to you. And if that's the case, I know what happens a lot of times is, is when we reread something or we hear something we're very familiar with, sometimes we just kind of zone out a little bit, okay? So what I'm going to ask you to do is that if this is a familiar story to you, what I want you to do is this. I want you just to, to think about and, and, and look at the things that you're familiar with. And jot those down. Note those, okay? Make note of those things that you've, you've heard before. Also, maybe take a look and see who the people were that were involved in this story. Make note of that. And then maybe look for even some details that maybe you've never, ever seen before in this story, okay? So read with me in Matthew 21, uh, verses 1 through 11. And it says, As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them. He will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble and riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on, it, on, uh, on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from trees and spread, spread them on the road. 
Jesus was in the center of the procession. All the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, It is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And then picking up in Luke's account in in, uh, chapter 19, verse 39. It says, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. In other words, some of the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they heard what the crowd were saying. And the crowd was saying, praise God for the son of David. They understood that they, they knew their scripture and they understood that the Messiah was to come from the lineage of David. And so they were like, hey, you need to rebuke these people. This is blasphemy. Rebuke these people, teacher. And he replied, Jesus replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. And in verse 41, it says, and as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that all of you people would understand the way of peace. Isn't that God's heart? That all people would understand the way of peace. But he says, now it is too late and peace has been hidden from your eyes. So there's a couple of things that we can learn from this account or from this story that, I, that, that as, as it relates to our lives today. And the first is this, very simple. This day was part of God's plan. This day was part of God's plan. In other words, Jesus was not surprised by the events that took place on this Sunday. He knew that that when he told his disciples to go to the village over there, wherever over there was, he knew that they would find a donkey and with it a colt. And he knew that when when someone would ask, who are you taking this to or what's this for? And he told the disciples, say, it's for the Lord. He knew that they would give those donkeys to them and he would bring them to the Lord. He knew that. Why? Because Jesus was fulfilling prophecy that day. He was here. He was coming to claim his kingship, his kingship. Zechariah 9.9 says this, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Jesus was fulfilling prophecy as he entered into Jerusalem that day. That was part of God's plan. That was part of God's plan. And when you see that Jesus entered into the city, you see the crowds of people, they begin to gather. Some of, some of them, the very people that he had healed. Did you ever think about that? Who was part of that crowd? Some of the very people that he had healed. The, the lame men that he had healed. The blind men that he had healed were probably in that crowd. Many of the people that saw him heal Lazarus and bring Lazarus from the dead may have been in that crowd. Many of the people who saw him do miracles all throughout Galilee may have been in that crowd. Maybe some of the 5,000 men and women that he fed that day heard Jesus was going to be in Jerusalem and they flocked to Jerusalem to see this Jesus. Perhaps some of the crowd that was there had watched as Jesus called Zacchaeus down from the tree just a few days earlier and had a conversation with Zacchaeus. And and as that conversation ended, he said, today, salvation is yours, my friend. Today, salvation is yours. 
some of those same people were in that crowd. And they began to shout. They began to shout when they saw Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. See, praise God is translated Hoshiana. It's where we get Hosanna, which literally means save us now. Save us now. They were saying, save us now, son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us now in the highest of heaven. And they took off their cloaks and they waved their palm branches as a sign of victory, as a sign of victory. The people wanted a king so bad. They wanted a king. They just didn't realize the kind of king Jesus would be. They wanted a political power. They wanted someone who would be able to come in and have power politically. They wanted a, a military leader who would come in and save them from the Roman Empire. But Jesus had another kingdom in mind, didn't he? A kingdom of heaven, not of this world. And as we fast forward through this week, the very crowd, the very crowd, the same people, who had seen Jesus do amazing things, had witnessed miracles of Jesus, who had shouted, save us now, save us now, O God of heaven, were the ones yelling, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas, crucify him, we don't want him anymore, crucify him. Which is why we read in Luke's account that as Jesus looked over the city, he wept, he wept because he understood that people didn't understand truly who he was. He knew full well that week would end with him being crucified and hung on a cross. But in all of that, Jesus understood it was God's plan, that God had a plan. And as, as difficult and, and, and as tough, humanly speaking, as that week would have been for Jesus, it was part of God's plan. And can I remind you today that in the same way, God is not surprised by our current situations, is he? God is not surprised by our current situations, whatever that might be. God is not surprised by the issues that we have with our, with our health, whether it be physical or mental. He is not surprised by the broken relationships in our life. He is not surprised by the job issues, the problems with our finances, whether or not our life ended up the way we wanted it to end up or, or not. God is not surprised by that. He is not surprised even by a global pandemic of this size. It does not surprise God because why? He is bigger than that. While God is not the evil of such things like that, he does promise that he will never leave us or forsake us in these times. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, whatever them is. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the problems of life come. Let the problems of life come. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. And if we move down to verse 11, he says, why? 
because the Lord of heaven's armies is among us, is among us. And the God of Israel is our fortress, is our fortress. Romans 8, 37 through 39, one of my favorite scriptures says, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. God promises to be our fortress. He promises to never forsake us. And today, God is not surprised by our situation, whatever your situation is. And the promises of God is that he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. The second thing that I think that when we look at this passage, what we can learn from it is this. This passage allows us to examine our own relationship with God. It allows us to see where we stand with God. Let me ask you this question. When you think about your relationship with God, is it Christ-centered or self-centered? Is it Christ-centered or is it self-centered? Now, see, I, I think we may think the obvious answer is it's Christ-centered, right? But oftentimes I think we miss this. Oftentimes I think we miss this. I think many of us, if we're honest, including myself, okay, including myself in this, we say, God, here's my calendar. God, here's my agenda. Now, I can squeeze you in here, and I can squeeze you in here, but, but the rest of it, this is mine. This is mine, okay? And we become a people where we pull God out when times of convenient, and we pull God out when in times when we want to use him and when it's convenient and useful for us. In other words, we fail to give God full authority in our lives. Full authority in our lives. In our passage, look at the people who praise God that day. Many of them praised him for two reasons. Two reasons. One, because of his miracles. Either they were recipients of them or they had witnessed them. The second is because they saw in Jesus a king. They wanted a king. They wanted someone to save them from the Roman Empire, much like the Lord did many thousands of years ago from the Egypt. Their praise was based on an attitude of what can Jesus do for me? It was self-centered. It was self-centered. And a few days later, after they saw Jesus arrested, beaten, and no longer looking like a king, they would deliver him up to the Romans and they would say, crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas, crucify him. Their relationship was self-centered, not Christ-centered. They weren't willing to give Jesus their full, their everything. And are we the same? Are we the same at times? Are we willing to give Jesus some of our life, but not all of our life? Here's a story I read this week that maybe will kind of help uh, make that, make that uh, point. There's a legend about an ancient village in Spain 
The villagers learned that a king would pay a visit there. It had been a thousand years since a king had ever come to that village. And so excitement grew. We have to throw a huge celebration, they said, and all the villagers agreed. But the village was a poor village, and so they didn't have a lot of, a lot of resources there. So someone came up with the idea that, you know what, some of us make our own wine. And how about if everyone would take our wine, the very best of our wine, and we would bring it to the town square, and we could fill this vat of our wine, and we would offer that to the king as our best. We would offer that to the king as, as, as everything that we have to offer, as the best that we have to offer. And so the day before the king's arrival, hundreds of people lined up to make their offering for this honored guest, this king. They climbed a, a small stairway and they poured their gift offering into that opening of that vat, that small opening of the vat. And finally the vat was full, it was full of wine. And the king arrived and they escorted the king to the town square and they gave him a, a large silver cup. And he was told to, to drink some wine because this wine, king, it represents everything we have. It represents our very, very best. And he placed the cup under the spigot. He turned the handle and then he drank the wine. But when he drank it, there was nothing more than water. You see, every villager reasoned, I'll withhold my best wine and substitute it with water. Because with so many cups of wine going in the vat, the king will never know if one cup of wine is missing. The problem was, is that everyone thought the same thing. And so that day, the king was greatly dishonored. See, when we choose not to give Jesus our best, when we choose just to give Jesus parts of our life, but not our whole life, the parts that are convenient for us, we dishonor him. We dishonor him. And so today, Palm Sunday, 2020, would we choose to honor Jesus by giving him our very best, by choosing to give him full authority over everything in our life? Now, listen, this is a process. I get it. It's a process. It's a process for me. And there's things in my life that I'm still trying to give up and give full authority to God of. Okay, it's a process. But a Christ-centered relationship understands that it is about the relationship that I have with Jesus. It is about the time spent with Jesus. And as I, as I read about him, as I study him, as I spend more time with him, his spirit works in my heart and he works in my soul and he continues to show me those things that I'm holding on to, that I'm not willing to give up. And as he continues to show me that, then I understand there's things that I need to give up. And some of those things aren't easy. And some of those things I want to hold on to really, really tight. But Jesus says, hey, listen, I came to claim kingship of your life. Would you give me your full life? Would you give me every aspect of your life? I can't think of a better time than right now to spend more time seeking him. I mean, it seems like many of the distractions of our life have been removed at this point, have they not? And as we do this, our relationship is strengthened. And the things that we encounter in life will not easily shake us. And our relationship will grow with God and we'll understand that our relationship with him is not just about everything that is good in this world, but he's there in the good and the hard times. I mean, Jesus even said in John chapter 16, listen, you're gonna experience some trouble here. There's gonna be some tough times, but take heart. I have overcome 
the world. And when you have a Christ-centered relationship, willing to thank God and experience God through the good and the bad, you understand what it means by take heart. I have overcome this world. So I close with this. God has placed us exactly where we are and in these times, not by accident, not by accident. And we must trust him. We must trust him in in these days. And in trusting him, we will eventually see that he is using our pressures, our trials, our difficulties to bring us to a new understanding of who he is in each of our lives. And a true Christ-centered relationship comes when we can experience those things and we can thank him for it. And we can thank him for it. And we can praise him for it. So this morning, as we approach this week where Jesus suffered incredibly for us, a week where our sins, past, present, and future, were the nails that hung him to the cross. Does Jesus not deserve our best? Does Jesus not deserve our best? Total control of our lives? A song I remember us singing when I was a kid. I grew up in a church that was based on a lot of hymns. But one song that just really rang out to me today is called I Surrender. And the words of the first uh, stanza are, All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I daily give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all all. Let's pray. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are today. We thank you, Father God, that we come today knowing that this this day does not take you by surprise. And Father God, today, may today be a day that we praise you and we thank you for who you are in our lives. May today be a day that we can say thank you, Jesus, for coming and, and claiming your kingship for, for moving forward with God's plan and following through with crucifixion on a cross. And thank you, God, for raising from the dead to give us victory over that. And Father God, today, would this be a day that no matter where we are in life, that we would be willing to surrender some things to you. And I get it, God, it's tough. There's things in my life I still want to cling to and I still want to hold on to because it just, it's safe that way. Sometimes it's hard putting things out there and allowing you, Father God, to work in our lives. But Father, that's your desire. That's your desire in our lives to to change us, to mold us, to make us more like you every single day. And Father God, today, would that be a day that we can do that? And Father, if there's someone here today in the sound of my voice that is listening, whether it's today or, or two weeks from now or a year from now, Father God, if they've never put their trust into the lordship of King Jesus, would today be that day? Would today be a day that they would say, God, today, God, I can't do life on my own anymore. 
In this very moment, I give you my life. I give you all authority over my life. I pray, Father God, for them today, right now. In this special time, we say thank you, God, and we praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northbridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northbridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.